you know how Rhaegar allegedly had two living sons named Aegon? Well, mm. <laughs> at least Viserys oh. doesn't do that. He doesn't name him Balon, even though Balon is dead. <laughs> Castles of Kingsgrave. This is Dragoncast once again for the second episode of the new HBO series House of the Dragon, a prequel to Game of Thrones. I am Adam, also known as Dragon Snow on the forums and the Discord and all the various things. Um, today I am joined by Matt. What's up? What's up, Matt? Uh, <laughs> Michal? Hey, Ink as Rain on the Discord, please. Michael, not Michal, but Michael. Hello, Carl Wadegi on the Discord. Katie? It leaves in my hand on the Discord. I regret this might handle that. Okay, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you can always change it. And uh, Benjamin? Hey Ben, um, King Juicio on the forums slash, not even on the forums on the Discord. Okay, this is where I stay. You don't. You haven't created an account on the forums. No, uh, we, I'm we're a fake fan. Little, <laughs> we're having a little bit of nostalgia. So, like on the forum, this is like going to be a you know ice and fire throwback. The forums had a lot of problems, and that's why we are on the Discord just because we had a lot of technical issues with them. But um, every episode when it would drop, there would be a thread and there would be like a review thread with, you know, posting your, you know, what your ratings to the episode was and people would, you know, post their comments. And so that was nice because we could pull, you know, well, the, the average, you know, episode ratings that people were giving it as they watch and all that. Um, and uh, someone had posted up for the first episode of House of the Dragon. They put up a review episode up there and there's kind of no one there. But it took me probably 20 minutes just to get in to the forum because my internet provider thinks it's a phishing site. And so like I had to figure <laughs> out how to get around like the lo- I couldn't log in. Like literally I couldn't log in. Um That sounds so, about right. <laughs> uh which is really sad because I mean it's a place we all we all love and there's a lot of uh still a lot of content on there. But anyway, uh back to the episode. So, uh, this episode was entitled The Rogue Prince for obvious reasons. Um, and a lot happened, but also not a lot happened. We're moving kind of slowly in time. We've moved forward uh, six months, uh, which I think is probably a good span of space, uh, you know, away from the Queen's death to kind of be moving this story forward and just how things start to, uh, to pile up. Um, so what, what did you guys think? Let's do our... Uh, Let's do our like dragon egg ratings. How many how many dragon eggs would you give this episode compared to the first one? Who's going first? Katie, you're going first. I'm going first. I'll give it five dragon eggs, uh, which I'll probably keep doing for episode until the show pisses me off. Um, this was really excellent television. 
Like the whole time I was watching, I was like, this is great. This is great. The writing is great. Setup is great. I like that they are like, yes, it like plot wise, there was not much more much forward momentum as maybe to be expected, but there was a lot of emotional work. They fill in a lot of motivations that are just lightly sketched in Fire and Blood. Um, I really like Damon's actor and how cheeky he is and his body language when he's with Masaria. Uh, and as for the new opening, um, I'm kind of on, like, maybe that's like my point one detraction. Is I, I'm not as thrilled about the new opening as maybe... I don't think it's as good as it was for Game of Thrones, even though I'm thrilled to hear the music again. But yeah, I thought it was a very solid hour of television. The acting is great. The filmmaking is great. Everything feels cohesive and like we're actually heading towards a like a definite end. I don't know. Like it, it doesn't feel like it's treading water the way that Game of Thrones sometimes could feel that way. Like it feels like everything. I don't know. It just it feels like like a story that has a set conclusion. It's mind. fresh and it's new and. Yeah. <laughs> just hope again. Um yeah, the the Game of Thrones theme, I I will agree, felt odd. I don't know if I'll if if after a few episodes you'd be like, okay, whatever, or if I'm just like this needs its own theme. Um I I am curious the what went into that decision. Because it's like this iconic theme that everyone immediately recognizes, so maybe they said we'll just keep using it. Um I don't know. Mihal, what did you think? Yeah, I I mean, I'm 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 very high on this show right now. I thought this was riveting and it was just a bunch of people talking in a bunch of rooms and gardens and on bridges and like I still found it incredibly compelling and fascinating. It feels like very confident storytelling to me and like it's the type of television that you already I at least I feel you have to watch everyone's face, you know, whether they're talking or if they're in the background or if they're being spoken to, like the, the little details in everyone's expression are important. And like it, it, you know, the power plays are fascinating. Like, you know, you have the big power plays of like Corliss trying to get his daughter to be queen, but then you have, you know, smaller ones like Kristen Cole kind of just, inching his way closer to power, you know, um, and, and all the stuff that Otto is doing with Alicent. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I kind of agree on the theme. It, I think it's basically just a, a franchise statement, right? Like they're like, this is, this is a, a cohesive world and like whatever, whatever inconsistencies you are seeing between you know, the ones are, you know, either we'll smooth them out or we're going to pretend they don't exist because this is all one Game of Thrones world. Um, and it, it suggests that everything else that follows will also have the same theme song, which I think is kind of a shame because Rami Jawadi is so good and could really, you know, make stuff that is evocative of each show. But um, yeah, I mean, if if my big complaint is like, theme song is the same as the other show like i think we're in a pretty good place yeah that's that's, that's um i'm not even sure how i feel about it necessarily you know i guess i was like expecting you know them to give us something different 
But I mean, it's like all the Marvel movies have that same kind of like sound and the, the comics flip and I mean, they change the image and stuff, but I mean, it's not the same thing where it's like a, it's an intro. I don't know. Um, yeah, it might work. It might not. I guess time will tell on that. But um, yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with what both of you guys are saying. I mean, it was, it was good TV. Uh, what about you, Matt? What do you think? Oops, sorry there. Um, yeah, so I kind of, you know, abstained of giving a rating last week because I just didn't want to do some, like, random decimal. Um, but this is a 5 out of 5 um, for Rhaenyra being infinitely better than 20 good men. Um, this was... I was captivated every second of this episode um, and enjoyed it very much. Uh, the credits... I mean, I don't really mind the title theme, and I think the credits... I was a little confused as to what they were supposed to be, but I think they're supposed to be, like, Valyria. Um, and essentially kind of the the blood magic running through that, like, down into, like, the heart where the, the dragons were, maybe. Um, but I'm sure there'll be some analysis on the internet that will <laughs> dive into that and do the research for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, every... Every scene that has Rhaenyra in it is is fantastic. Um, I think she is the the standout performance so far. Um, even though that doesn't take away from what anyone else is doing, maybe the the only thing that kind of annoys me is Masaria. Like not, I think I would just prefer she would just use her normal accent um, rather than this like quasi French thing that she's doing. Yeah, I wasn't um, but sure other, what that was. Yeah, but but other than that, uh, all all cinders firing on this episode. All right, and how about you, Ben? Um, I think it's like a four out of five for me. Uh, or like a four point five out of five for me. Dragon eggs. It's like half of a dragon egg. On top, um, yeah, I think I wanted to say all the things that you guys just said, except uh, I'll throw in that um, Corliss was like a lot this episode, and I loved it. All all the Corliss mm. this episode was great. Rainis as well. Um, our conversation with Rhaenyra at one point in this episode was really great. Corliss in the last scene. Talking to Damon Corliss when he talks to the council at the beginning of this episode, um, just about any time he's on camera, he's he's uh, he's doing pretty freaking awesome. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a. Uh... Oh yeah, I did not like uh, the accent choice. Not it's not working. It's not working at all. Um, and I wish they would have done new music. So th- th- those are like the big complaints, I guess. Which is to say, they're rather small. All right, Michael? I would give it a four out of five. It was very good. Um, I would just say there was no standout, like, signature scene the way uh, episode one had that very traumatic childbirth. Um, Something that was bothering me was that some of the dialogue felt a bit repetitive. 
like uh, Colas Valerian, or people mention that Colas Valerian and House Valerian is a Valerian bloodline maybe four or five times. And I think some of the characters have said half a year has passed about three or four times as well. It just bothered me. Um, yeah, but that, that's that's pretty minor. Yeah, I hear you. Maybe they didn't want uh, the audience to, to like lose the the passage of time, or um, and the you know House Valerian is definitely someone new to the uh, to the show audience and not super known. You know, to the book audience, as far as you know, the the backstory we're getting here. So they want to spend time, you know, explaining that yeah, this is a, a Valerian house. <laughs> they took their name. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, but I think Corliss was so good in this episode, and they really set up his motivations. That I hope, uh, you know, I hope we don't get like I know I was watching the um, the history of Westeros interview that they did with uh, George. You know, talking about House of the Dragon, like I hope we don't get too many butterfly effects going on with some of this stuff because it's like Corliss is, you know, he's the survivor, um, I, you know, and they really they got a great actor for that role. So I hope we we keep seeing him. You know, I hope everything kind of in that line plays out uh, similar to the story. But I, I think I'd give it like a like a four and a half as well. I mean, there's no reason so, but there wasn't any like. I don't know. There wasn't anything that was like, oh, this is the best episode I've ever seen. Um, kind of five out of five. It wasn't a premiere. It wasn't, I don't know. Um, but no, it was It was great television. It was, uh, we got the dragons facing off in a, in a weird way. Uh, we got the you know, theft of the dragon egg, which, uh, did they name the dragons when when they were eggs? I can't remember now. That That seemed kind of weird to me, but maybe I'm misremembering that. It's like, oh, that's the dream, the Dreamfire egg. I'm like, is that right? Like the egg that be- that came from Dreamfire, I think is what they meant. Yeah. Is that what they were saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought they were saying, like, this egg is Dreamfire. I'm like, wait a second. It doesn't no. seem right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, we're going to get into this when we discuss it. Uh, the, the small council is right. And Prince Damon definitely shouldn't be getting away with with all this. Um, but I will say, uh, like Patty Constantine has done a great job of portraying this king that is like sort of wise and measured, but also weak. Like I don't know. Um, it's a sympathetic portrayal of an in- unsympathetic character in the books, right? Right. Like. Viserys is kind of annoying in the books, whereas here I understand his like his his unwillingness to make a decision because he's balancing egos and and is torn between some really uncomfortable situations. Like I was like, yeah, I can understand why it like it sucks to be king. <laughs> and it's like yeah, to- here he comes off more as impotent. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have a dragon. Um, he wasn't able to produce a son. He like it feels like he just you know, doesn't measure up and especially considering that he was chosen at the council and and that's just kind of weighing on him. Um, Plays with his toys in his room. <laughs> hey, he's got his model of old Valeria, which I'm like, oh, I'm going to take some pictures of this. <laughs> most of it, most of ever seen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what the intro is supposed to be is is like his his playset of old Valeria with the blood running through it. Um that was my impression. 
Yeah, the little broken dragon. Um, I sort of interpreted as like a family tree, um, and like the blood running down was like the lines connecting them. Um, I'll need to mm, analyze yeah. this, but like one of the final ones is Rhaenyra's necklace. And then there's two of them, which are like both gold, and like that way the blood turns into like a tree. And I think that's meant to be Jaehaerys and Elisane and all the children they have. But yeah, huh? It might be a too subtle for <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, it's too subtle for me if that's true. I think there are also I mean, crowns in there. I I didn't pick that up myself, but I think so. I saw someone say that there are some like the different crowns that become part of the intention mm. uh, you know that'll be a lot easier to spot i think once we become more familiar with the objects that are you know defining the show in that way yeah it'll be interesting to see if it changes at all the way the game of thrones intro changed by adding like new locations like obviously this this one doesn't have locations but it has like like mechanical elements that could morph and shift as the progresses. If it is a family tree, I mean, every yeah. new birth to the family would add something to it. I was going to say, though, um, to go back to the to him being kind of impotent or vacillating on his opinions, um, the, the especially the go to war strikes me as that he doesn't want to be the king that drags them around the war after this long peace. And it turned disastrous. Yeah. And I mean, and, you know, King Jaehaerys was, um, I mean, you know, one of the best Targaryen rulers. So he's, he's definitely, uh, in the shadow. Got big shoes to fill. So it's a tough decision. I mean, they want him to rule with an iron fist and say, okay, our shipping lanes are being attacked, are being attacked. We should, intervene but on the other hand it's like like do you really want to like throw your armies behind this and like risk provoking a larger conflict like it's a shitty situation to be in like it's not that he's necessarily making the right choice it's just there isn't a right what choice is there yeah, yeah. I, and i do love that like um she's just like whoa uh you know we could just send some dragon riders over there <laughs> he's like oh if that's how it worked I mean, it could work that way. You could go start burning ships and burning cities, and then, you know, where does that lead? Um, I mean, the conquest didn't happen in a day, you know, and then, you know, he knows that that's not really good for the realm, you know, trade, all that. Um, the triarchy's just kind of being little shits and seeing what they can get away with. So. I mean, well, I guess a lot of it is, like, instructive on how these people make decisions, and, like, to me, Viserys, like, holds off making any decision and then makes the worst one because like <laughs> dropping like, yeah. like when, what he does in the last episode with Emma. And then in this episode with, you know, he he's about to go basically start a war with Damon himself. And then he only stops because Otto <laughs> intervenes. And then it would they, still have been bad if him, yeah. Rhaenyra, yeah, if Rhaenyra hadn't, hadn't intervened. And I, you know, and dropping Alicent on a council like that, it, who he ha he objectively has no reason to marry, like that he gains absolutely. Like, 
there was something about that scene that I was just like, oh man, it really stood out. Yeah. Like, there is, she brings nothing to this table whatsoever. That's, that, that's what I was going to say is like the setup other than like, oh, they've been having their little conversations. Like the whole episode spends all this time setting up how House Valerian's a good match. You know, it's the, it would be the daughter of his cousin and then, you know, they keep the dragon blood going and, you know, uh, Corliss is actually, I mean, he's, he's loyal and he's important, and but he's like, well, do I really want to, well, you know, he's sort of just like, I don't want to give in to that guy. So he does this to like not give in to that guy. And you're like, that's not a great idea. If, you know, they'd had Otto Hightower putting something forward that made sense for the marriage, like politically, um, that would have helped a lot. To be fair, his point about her being 12 is poignant, I think, you know. I think the the one the, the one thing that that you would say is because uh, Allison's supposed to be like sixteen, I think here or fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. 15. So the one thing you would say is like, yeah, he's like, look, this this child who you know like looks very much like a child, and he's off put as he should be. You know, um, he's like, I, isn't going to be able to give me airs for a while anyway. So like maybe I should pick someone that is of childbearing age now so I can like get working on that and then that kind of calms the realm down. But I mean, wouldn't there have been other choices? I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's sorry, Kate, go ahead. No, it's the scene where he's meeting Lena for the first time, like it's it's grotesque, right? It's it's like a a courtship between like this like man in his fifties and this in tiny child and her yeah. being very cognizant that she's gonna have to have sex with him. Like you understand yeah. His, his horror at the situation and his discomfort. But at the end of the day, it's like, in the system that you are the king of, like you don't have the luxury of, of opting out for your own happiness, which is what everyone is trying to tell him. But at the end, yeah. it's like he, he can't stomach it. You know, he, he, he bets on his own comfort and happiness against the good of the realm. And I guess they didn't do enough to explain, I mean, like, how many people were wed at young ages, especially, you know, in the royal line. Like, that happened all the time. Um, I mean, Jaehaerys and Alicent are kind of the perfect example. Yeah, and with his, with his you know, coming kids and um, just all of the, everyone that's involved in the dance there, I mean, there ends up being a lot of that, you know, at various points. But they didn't make it so that like the audience I think would realize that that's kind of normal, you know? So I wonder if uh, some of the I mean, audience would think that Corliss is kind of an asshole, um, you know, for that point, like, it's not normal. It's not cool, but like, it's like betrothing them would make sense. It's right? not cool. You guys, it's not cool to court a 12 year old. <laughs> no, it's, but, I mean, cool. it's, it's a little overblown, but like people getting married that yet. Like it, it, it did happen at, you know, young ages, younger women to older men, like definitely, especially with like wide age gaps, but like 12 was pretty young even for then. Like the, they weren't stupid. They, 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 you know, like Margaret Beaufort gave birth to Henry the seventh when she was, when she was 12 or 13. And like, that was considered quite irregular that that happened. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not criticizing the show because I do think that they set up the like, you know, like you can you can see the Valerians being like, we have one shot at this and one daughter, and like we're just right. gonna pretend that she's not twelve, you know, like the 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 it's instructive what you know what she repeats that you know, um, uh, Corliss said versus what um, 
Rainey said, you know, I, that's, that's telling. I just, I, I guess I'm just, just sticking on the historical point that we kind of overblow how, how common those types of marriages. Yeah. Are. Yeah. I, I just, I just sort of meant like the Targaryens actually did a fair amount of this, like with their kids and stuff, oh, but yeah. they were also marrying brothers and sisters and cousins and all that. Um, you know? Yeah. But I'm just like, was it a maester he was talking to who was like, Oh yeah. Like, like Corliss is not out of line asking this. Like, who was that guy he was talking to? No, it was um, it was um, Lionel Strong. Yeah, yeah. Good conversation oh, okay. with him. I wasn't yeah. expecting we would get like a long, good conversation with this guy at all. Because he gives some good a, advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not even a character really in in like his sons, but. You know, good on the show. Will become important later. Um, wait, correct me if I'm wrong. Does he become Hand of the King after Otto Hightower is dismissed? Mm, I don't remember. I feel like <laughs> Strong does. It <laughs> might be. I thought that I don't was. Think Otto's, I, I don't think Otto's ever dismissed, is he? I, I, I don't he remember is. that. He is. I remember yeah, he's, he's dead. Eris too much, and then um, he comes back, but for this long oh, period that's of time, right. I believe yeah, they're right. strong as a hand, so that might have been the reason for this long scene, or one reason. I think you're yeah. right, because then Strong goes back to Heron Hall after he's dismissed, or he leaves, mm. I forget why. Well, and then he dies. Strong is, I don't know if this guy or his son is the actual father of, of Rhaenyra's children, but yeah, his son. this is basically... Yeah. A direct line, you know, a hit from because, like, the reason I'm assuming why they, why he goes, you know, all right, Rhaenyra, you have to marry Lenor is because I fucked up this alliance, and now we have to somehow. So you're going to marry the Valerian, not me. And I, yeah, I think, I think, you know, and that obviously that marriage is not happy, and that leads her to Lionel Strong. Um, so I think. Harwin I think strong. that was good. Harwin Strong, right? Yeah, yeah. break bones. <laughs> yeah, it does. It definitely sets up like you can you can see how uh, Viserys would go from, well, if I can't, if we, if it is beyond my reach to now like uh, cleave the Valyrians to us, then it makes sense for him to want to marry Rhaenyra to Laenor. Which, frankly, a- I mean, I think. Th- just to, to to touch on my like kind of frustration that the king's marriage is the most important now. Like everyone should be clamoring for Rhaenyra's hand. Yeah. yeah, it it actually doesn't. Like I agree, there is an heir problem. You can't only have one, but like those heirs should be coming from the heir, not from the king, because like it's exactly what uh, Rainey's says, right? That it's like those kids are going to usurp you. Like, they 100% are. And Viserys is irresponsible for having those children, certainly within marriage. So I'm, I'm just like, I don't, I don't get how, like, nobody else is seeing this, other than maybe yeah. they're all subconsciously like, hopefully we'll get a boy and we can put this whole girl heir thing to bed. Yeah, and because la- later on, he refuses to change the succession, um, you know, over and over again, and people are like, well, uh, you know, we all assume boys are going to take it. Um, yeah, the preview indicates that that conversation is coming in the next episode. 
But it, I mean, because she is, I guess this is just, she's still young here, so this is the start of her kind of making her name with the realm. Like, she shows up and gets the egg back. Um, she certainly impresses some people there. I'm sure that creates some stories. Because it's some, eventually she's, you know, she's the realm's delight. She's beloved by the people, right? Um, I mean, we've got to see that, I don't know, at least after the time skip. I think this could be just an artifact or a butterfly effect of, um, in the books, of course, Rhaenyra is just a little kid, so no one's making marriage offers because she's not a, a teenage of marriageable age, but Viserys is. He could still have a betrothal, you know? I mean, it's a yeah. fair point, but I, I think also, yeah, some people maybe d do not want to uh, commit their sons to someone who they feel like could be in a in a contested situation or you know cast out or something um but i don't know at this point a lot of people probably assume once he remarries probably just assume well he'll have boys and then he'll just name just name the boy so i yeah, don't know if people are too concerned Emma. just blame her for for not giving him sons <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure a lot yeah. of people are like that They'll see Rhaenyra as a stopgap solution to, like, the vacuum when there was no male heir. Well, yeah, like an area, essentially. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, like a very... The only reason why Rhaenyra is heir is because he got mad at Damon. You know, and that's like... His, his communication skills are just extremely poor. He's terrible, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean... I... Go ahead. Oh no, I, 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 I mean, it's it's tough because he he definitely is he's a he's a great character, and like you want him or I want him to not be making these incredibly harmful decisions, and I get to some degree why, but like they're just so like for for someone who's been king for ten years, took the throne as an adult, like I, I I'm just blown away by some of the stupidity. That like not on the show's part, like I think it's well written, but he's the most naive person on the show. He loves his brother. Like <laughs> like that's kind of his his core weakness is he he he's angry at Damon, but he can't move against him because it's like, well, what do you want me to do? You want to send my brother to the wall? And it's like, yeah, there are other kings who would definitely do that. <laughs> but he's not gonna do it because he still cares about him. Oh, Jairus would yeah, have done I that. Think I, I said out loud, heartbeat. do that. Yeah, the thing it's interesting about the way Damon is framed in in this episode and the last episode is that, like he's he's framed as like this menacing antagonist who's going to become a bigger and bigger problem, and he does become a bigger problem. But like he's never a a, a threat to his brother in the way that like they're kind of foreshadowing him to be, and I think that's kind of int I I'm interested to see how like they navigate that because like. In the story, it's like he wants his brother's approval, he wants the throne, he wants all these things, but he's never going to kill Viserys. He's never going to kill Rhaenyra. Like, ultimately, he's still loyal to the family, even if he's not happy with his position in it. Does he declare himself, I, I can't remember, does he, like, declare to everybody, like, I'm the rightful heir? Um, yeah. Right? Like, he, I mean, in the he, letter, he says he's his rightful heir. Yeah, in the in the letter that he sent, but like I mean, like he he's not like sending that out to like you know all the great lords of the king. You know what I mean? Right. Um, does he ever do? Does he do that in the Rogue Prince? I mean, he kind of it's it's sort of known that he's you know salty about it, obviously, but I don't think he ever actively pushes you know for a civil war, which is I no. think what they're trying to set up. 
Um, I, I, I mean, I don't think they're actually going to do that, like make change, you know, change the dance. But I think what they're trying to set up is like, aha, he's the guy, you know, he's the one that's that you're going to see that's going to be the one that, you know, you're fighting against. And then it, it turns out it's not like it would be him versus, you know, Rhaenyra, right? Yeah. Um, sure. I, I agree that's, that that's not what happens. Misdirecting the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a good, a good thing to do on their part. I've seen a lot of tweets of like, oh, wow, Matt Smith is such a good villain for the show. And it's like, yes. Fall yes, into the is. trap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one guy uh, who's just, I don't know, he's kind of salty about everything, but like, he was like, oh, it's just its just Jamie Lannister 2.0. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Not even close. <laughs> I think I saw that tweet. I was like, what? I was like, oh. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't even know why I'm watching this show. I was like, it's, it's, it was just, it's just some guy I know in, in another group. And I was like, oh, just, just, just keep watching. <laughs> it's, not- it's a good performance i mean it's like he's he's da- he's like a dangerously sulky teenager right it's like i'm gonna pull this stunt <laughs> that's gonna piss my brother off and make him come here and i can rub this egg in his face and oh i didn't want the egg anyway <laughs> throw it back to my knees like go and like put his head on Missouri's shoulder and kind of like sulk and say a bunch of like nothing to her like it's like <laughs> you know he's like a child like who just wants attention except like that's right. the most in the most lethal, dangerous way possible. With a giant red dragon. I mean, he was told, go home and don't argue. And, and like, you know, he's like, after telling his brother, I just want to be here for you and look out for you. And, and this is in a world where, like, go home, like, and the king, obviously he can't come back until the king asks for him. Even though he's got the dragon and can come back whenever he wants. So, you know, he could... That could mean he's, you know, exiled for who knows how long. So take Dragonstone and then maybe I'll get the king to come to me. And then, you know, it almost worked. But do you think Viserys would have been stopped if he had a dragon? I don't think he would have been, no. Yeah, I mean, the the, the council and the king's guard are like, it's, just, it's like the president, sir, you can't do this. This is too unsafe. You know, <laughs> but then, um, you know, then, you know, uh, here comes Cyrax, so, you know. I mean, they're right. Like, him going to the island without a dragon, like, he could just be taken captive. It could have been, like, a Duskendale situation. He doesn't... Or just straight killed, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I think he... I don't know if they necessarily... Because everyone assumes the worst out of Damon, and I think a lot of these people think that they would just... He would kill the king and try to take over, yeah, you know, given the opportunity. But I think Viserys knows that's not true. And, uh... She clearly knows that's not true, right? Um, yeah. She's like, she's like, all right, I'm here. Kill me or give me the fucking egg. All right, goodbye. Like, <laughs> it was it was pretty pretty great. I feel like do it or be done with this folly or whatever it is she says is going to be something she says later in a uh, more intimate situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like he. I do like how how he was, you know, part of his thing. It's like, well, like the Targaryen kings of old, I'm. Having a second wife because I can do that. You, know, you got a dragon; you can do whatever you want. No one's gonna like stop you. But it's definitely like it. It it continues the theme that's been set up that like the only people that are actually dangerous to the Targaryens are the Targaryens. Like, what the fuck is Otto Hightower gonna do? Yeah, like come and yell and then go home and say, "Well, he didn't give it back." <laughs> right, which is why the. Um... The marriage to the Hightower doesn't make sense because Otto Hightower, you know, being a second son is 
is still a great ally. He already has a connection with that family, right? Yeah. Um, he I, he needs to secure his dragon allies. I mean, because what does he have at this point? He's got his daughter. And, I mean, he's got family and stuff. But, you know, um, I don't know. He he needs to, I mean, House Valerian, they just said that, uh, was it Corliss that said it? That, like, House Valerian is the most powerful house in the, in the, in the kingdom at the moment because of their navy? He's uh, the richest, too. Yeah, so he's, so he's like, I mean, the Lannisters still have power, but not like they did, you know, in um, in Game of Thrones. And of course, you know, once they take half of the uh, crown's money back to Lannisport, that'll probably change. But yeah, I mean, we—I guess we sort of—that's the main theme of this episode is like, you know, don't sleep on House Valerian, you know, because it's not. It's not a house that we have banners and stickers of and coffee mugs, right? Because it wasn't in the show, so a lot of people don't really uh, don't really understand their standing at this point. I I have to say I I think Otto was basically doing exactly what Corliss was doing, <laughs> up to and including whoring out his daughter to the king. Um, I I think he wanted to start a war against. Damon and what was going to happen there was going to be bad and end in bloodshed and whatever and as long as he wasn't the one getting roasted or speared then he would have more than probable cause to you know tell Viserys that like they needed to go and take over Dragonstone I'm not 100% sure why he wanted to do that so badly but I, I think that as Corliss is arguing for war on the Stepstones Otto's doing the same thing at Dragonstone. For Dragonstone. Well, they set him up in the first episode as just absolutely being um, opposed to Damon. And, I mean, I think he would find a way to get rid of him if he could, obviously. But do you think that, you know, he's had the idea of marrying his daughter? I mean, because, like, before the queen died, like, would that have even been something he would think about? Um, I Well, I think, okay, to be fair, I, uh, sorry, Katie, I, just, I think there's, a, I do think that the Valerians are going for Queen, I don't. I think that. I think that Alicent be beyond what Otto was hoping for. I, I think he was hoping for his daughter being the official mistress and having lots of little royal bastards and being the king's de facto father-in-law, almost giving him more power. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're favorite. thinking maybe he could maybe he could backdoor it in where like. They have some sort of affair, start having children, but he doesn't remarry. And now he goes, well, my lord, you have a son. If you, you know, make it official, this can be, you know, a proper heir. But then when the Valerians sort of present, um, it's kind of his opportunity to push, like, to just like, let's go for it. You know, swing for the yeah. fences. Or, hmm. or maybe he wanted, maybe he thought that he could convince Viserys to marry Allison after she got pregnant or something. But I, I don't right. think initially right. he was like they're going to fall in love and he's going to pick her as queen. Like I, I, that just seems unlikely to me. But my he point is, say is that anything before, about it, you know, even before Emma died, like he didn't, he didn't seem to be like, you know, the biggest fan of, uh, you know, um, Corliss. Rhaenyra, but, yeah. uh, well, Corliss either, but he, he, he wanted Damon gone. Like I said, I mean, even before the queen's death, he probably would have, if he could have killed Damon, I think he would have, cause they just don't like each other for various reasons. Yeah, but, and Damon makes the king look weak. Like it's both like a personal issue and also like a macro issue for the kingdom, where it's like yeah. your your brother is undermining you. 
Yeah, Damon has the strength that Viserys needs. I, um, yeah. I think it's more that Otto has negotiated it so Damon does make the king look weak because he's put them at odds. So now every insult that the that he does makes the king look weak. Whereas beforehand, Damon was basically his his like his mailed fist. You know, like Damon is happy to do the dirty work right. for his brother. He, he just wanted more responsibility. And I think that, you know, like Master of Coin, they went over it, you know, City Watch, all the different things. I think that saying, oh, Damon's fucking up, Damon's dangerous, is maybe it's, maybe it's as simple as that was his way to be like, well, you need old Hightower over here. Like, it was like, I'm, I'm creating value, you know? <laughs> he's telling the truth, but he's also using the truth to his advantage. Yeah, yeah. I do like... Uh the way that they bring back Allison's picking at her cuticles when she's hanging out with Viserys, that she's like not happy and uncomfortable with the situation. I was re- like, when I reread Fire and Blood, I remembered like, I completely forgotten the detail where like when, like when she gets old, like she never talks about Viserys. Like she doesn't even seem to have like any fondness for him. Like she was never in love with him or cared about him. It's just something that like she had to do. Hmm. Her duty. Because he's already pretty old at this point, and with the the time skip, how how far forward do you think they're going to go? I mean, they have to go far enough to make Aegon at least close enough in age to to be a, a challenge, right? And we know that uh, there's going to be other babies, so yeah. Aemon One Eye, like we see him in a pre, like in the series preview, like as an adult, so it feels like they have to leap pretty far forward. Pretty far. Or yeah. but then like the, a, the actresses they have playing them as adults aren't that old too, so I don't know. Yeah, you know, he, the, he doesn't. I'm I mean, they're going like from 15 to 30, so like that. Yeah, that's that's enough. Like there'll be a 10 year time skip where they switch to those new female actors, uh, but then they can say like in this episode, oh, six months or a year or two years have passed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the next episode is jumping. You know, close to a year because Aegon's going to be born. And they'll start change. They'll start changing people out at some point, I guess. But they, um, hmm. I guess, because if it, it's not like the the show is plotted for a year or two years, I don't know exactly how long they think it would take to tell this story. But I think if it's successful, it was already. I guess we should say it was renewed for season two, like you know, pretty quickly. Um, following I've the heard career it, of the first episode, so I've heard it bandied about, and I don't actually have a source that the show is only supposed to go for three or four seasons. That they've like charted an endpoint for it. Like I feel like every podcast I've heard, they're like, "Oh yeah, the creator said it's only going to go for three or four seasons." Like that's their hope for it. I've heard and that, like, and I ha- I haven't seen like yeah, I haven't seen any official sort of confirmation of that, but that makes sense. I hope that's true. I mean, I feel like the show will be better plotted for it. Um, yeah. Because it definitely feels like, like this first season will just be like the basically the the prequel to the war, like setting up the dynamics and all the characters, and then ends with Viserys death, and then the latter three seasons will be the actual war itself. Yeah, like you'll get a couple episodes with the uh, with kind of the elder actors, and then um, I guess well, do we want to do we want to talk about the episode titles now? The I mean, they're on. 
They're on Wikipedia, so we'll just go over them. And this may be spoilers or not. I, I mean, I think they might have been released. But anyway, so the first episode, there's 10 episodes for the season, according to this. The Heirs of the Dragon was the first episode. Rogue Prince was the episode we just watched. The next episode, episode three, is called Second of His Name. So Aegon. Aegon, right? Um, uh, episode four, King of the Narrow Sea. Episode five, we... Episode five, we light the way. Uh, yeah. Hightower. Yeah. Doesn't that doesn't tell <laughs> us a whole lot? But episode six is called "The Princess and the Queen," reminiscent of the Winds of Winter sort of uh, episode naming from Game of Thrones. But I guess maybe episode six is where we get the the time jump. Maybe I've um, I've read some reviews, and I think that's what. Yeah. Time jump is coming in episode six. Is that right. makes sense? Yeah. Episode seven follow. is just called Driftmark, and then episode eight is the Lord of the Tides. Those two episode titles there kind of worry me a little bit. Um, and then episode nine is the Green Council, and episode ten is the Black Queen. So I think episode nine, it it sounds like this this makes sense. Would be you know the death of the series, and then everything starts going Pop from there. On. Yeah. And then we end um, with some sort of, you know, big, big to do in those last two episodes, which I should probably air as just one episode. I've always thought that premieres and the finales do better. It's like a two hour thing. But anyway, you think know. that it's going to like, what do you think it's going to be like the bomb at the end of the 10th episode? Like, are we going to get Luke getting killed by Amond? Like, is that going to no. dinger? No. <laughs> well, that's why. Uh, Black Queen is will be the Black Queen because she'll be black from mourning. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Uh, coronation. I think. Too. I don't think. It, I think it'll be her learning the news that they they killed. You know, Viserys is dead, and they're crowning Aegon. Hmm. Yeah, I think Viserys probably dies in episode nine. And, and a lot goes on with the council. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so or Lord Beesbury. Yeah. yeah he'll, oh, yeah. Lord Beesbury gets it. Dude. Yo, calling it with those little balls. Kristen Cole's going to bash his head in with those little fucking balls. What if he makes him swallow one? <laughs> it's interesting how they've set up Kristen Cole, though, because he, you know, um, she picked him because he had battle experience. She also didn't say, like, he, you know, defeated my uncle uh, at the tournament. I yeah. want those little figurines that they use. Like, <laughs> yeah, they have so much kit in this in this version of the world. Like, <laughs> where the you, did they get, to get those? It. Like, like here are knights. Quick, someone get a, a wood whittler to to do all the sigils. Imported from Japan. Um, so um, they're like, moment. please no, we're too. Someone, yeah, someone in the props department is like seriously. <laughs> someone in the someone in the props department is furiously making things on a 3D printer as, as they like. All right, we need this. We need this. Yeah, that's crazy. I will, I will say, <laughs> really I think part of it is a little bit, and I don't know. Maybe maybe this is just me reading into it, but like, a a lot of people seem to think that Rhaenyra is stupid, frankly, or at least not oh. bright enough to be involved right. in anything. Oh, and you like, mean the character. Sure. Yeah, 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 and like the you know, like the way she was like peering over, like she had to stand on the step stool, and like you know that 
there's part of me that could read like them having these little figurines as just being like, well, we have to make sure the princess knows the sigils and who's standing there at one time. And like, you know, now, I mean, the series is was now, supposed to make that choice. So I could be totally wrong, but I felt like there was a general air of like condescension toward Rhaenyra and her faculties basically through the whole. I didn't pay close attention to the sigils though. Was it the knights that were down there? Yes. Was it not a sigil or were the knights currently on the King's Guard? No, they, no. they were. It was the, the knights pers- that were. Sorry. The pers- sorry, the prospective knights, which makes it even more confusing because. Oh, because then that seems kind of. I, I thought maybe it was like here's the here's the King's Guard and here's the houses that we sort of have support from, and they were trying to figure out who fits publicly. Um, would have made more sense to me. That's yeah. That's just like, you know, a roster. You can see them right there. Um, Question yeah. though, uh, looks cool. Kristen Cole, his his figurine was like a tower with a like a with notches in it. Is that just is that his actual symbol, or is it like that is meant to represent that he doesn't have a sigil? Because it was like a very plain figurine that didn't really. It wasn't like an animal or anything. On his shield was about. 15 circular dots so i think this was like their best approximation of like a 3d version of his sigil interesting but it also tells you yeah he's he's he doesn't have like a fancy cool thing like an eagle or or whatever house karen had a serpent no house karen has birds but they made uh they they made you know they made him her choice and then he's going to end up betraying her so well, they're, I mean, they're setting up a lot around, of alliances guess, that are so. going to fall apart. Like the, it was very interesting to see the scene on the bridge because it was like Otto versus Damon, so we know that exists. But then you have Rhaenyra on the opposite side of Damon, when we know that that's going to be the actual connection there. And you have Kristen Cole, you know, first on Rhaenyra's side, and then you know, but and then when she crosses over, I, I thought it was just a really interesting way of laying it out they they are definitely pl- like leading people down a garden path that is going to be overturned <laughs> significantly yeah i think that they may be trying for their you know ned stark moment their you know kill a key character betrayal type moment so they're trying to set up as many of these things as possible because if you are not reading the story or hearing from any of us or or any of that and i, I listened to the official like podcast that HBO put out for this and it was very clear that it was like you know like oh that guy he might be you're like oh gosh <laughs> like they don't want to say like there, there was one point it was something like, yeah her and Damon are they definitely hate each other you know and I was just like oh you guys like you you've read the book you know better this is plant industry plant <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're just trying to push. They're just trying to push the show narrative of, you know, these are the teams and stuff, and uh, we're gonna get to the, you know, later on. And I think, I don't know if if you know they'll get married off screen or something, but at some point, you know, the audience is gonna be like, she's married to Damon now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, this is a, a sort of unrelated, but I just it's on my mind, so I have to say it. I think someone's gonna kill them. I think. I think it's going to be more than. Like I haven't reread Fire and Blood. So recently going to kill who? Say that again. Viserys. Gonna... Oh, you think you think that 
Allison. Yeah. I listened to the Princess and the Queen, um, the little like excerpt from Dangerous One the other day. You know, during my commute and at work. You know, which is uh, read by what you Glenn's excellent. But yeah, it, it opens up right away, and it's like, oh, this, they were waiting for him to die, and he died. Like all this stuff happens so quickly. Um, obviously, Fire and Blood expands on all that, but it definitely makes it seem like. You know, they were just on death watch for a while, but not telling anyone. But he yeah, and I, I mean, I could definitely see poison. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think he was he was sickly. I think leading up to it, like he had chest pains. Right, and, and there should wasn't, wasn't doing well. He's not a paragon of health. But in order for them to kill him, poison or whatever it is, I mean, there would be a need for some kind of urgency, right? Um. It, it, I don't know. The way things go down with the well, Dance of the Dragons and when he dies. Giving birth, and they're like, this is our moment. Maybe that's what... Yeah, The timing of it. Yeah, um, it could be as simple as that. Yeah, I, yeah. It's more dramatic than him <laughs> dying in his sleep. I mean, they yeah, are giving us Princess the... and the Queen doesn't come off that way. It comes off as like, well, they were prepared, but also like, this wasn't the best timing. You know? Mm. We start rounding people up. <laughs> Does that make Allison wildly unsympathetic, though, if uh, she's the one who's doing it? I think it depends on it up quite well in terms of like her having zero agency in this entire. I mean, it doesn't even look like he asked her. You know, <laughs> so yeah, I, I says, go right to her, go to the king tonight. He says, as you that. Ugh. The look she yeah, gives him is so gross. Yeah, and I don't even think Sarah's asked her. I mean, maybe he did, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it did... I couldn't tell if the look on her face when he's, like, announcing it was, like, uh, oh no, oh no, <laughs> she's looking at me. <laughs> or if she was like, wait, what? I, I couldn't no, tell which, were... uh, which one that was. She knew to be there, so I think... I think and she looks nervous from... Well, my interpretation was like, oh my god, he's going to say it now. You know, this is the moment. I'm going to start biting out my cuticles some more. Yeah, Allison, <laughs> like, because when Viserys asks her in, earlier in the episode, you know, do you tell Rhaenyra about our meeting? She has this moment of conflict where, like, she's like, no, of course not. And she's like, at first I thought that, I thought that meant she was lying, but apparently it just means that she felt conflicted and wounded about it like she wants to like she's being asked basically to betray her friend by hiding the the relationship she has with the king so i think she knew and it's just that rhaenyra didn't know yeah i, I disagree i, I disagree think, i think she was shocked but that's but whatever <laughs> well yeah it, it seemed like shock but i don't know i'm sort of in between like i i think it would be a weird thing for her to it was it would be extremely strange for her to be in the council and i'm actually surprised that nobody was like why the fuck is she here um but like uh, in my head and this is just my imaginings but like viserys told her that he was going to make her his queen before and that's why she was there and probably Otto too um but i don't think she was asked you know or frankly frankly even if she was she couldn't have said no yeah, well, when Viserys says, like, you're not telling my daughter about these talks of ours, right? 
Like, it wasn't like she was like, oh, yes, I'll keep your confidence. It was like, hell no, I ain't telling her about this shit. It's weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it will depend. Like, there's so much they could do, like, for motivation. Because, like, in The Princess and the Queen, they like, the greens come off really unsympathetically. And then you read Fire and Blood, and it's like, okay, I can understand how they would be afraid of Damon and Rhaenyra exacting some sort of revenge or or ousting them in a way that would be detrimental to their house. Like, they have, like, their their concerns have validity. Um, they're not just, I mean, they're grasping, but that's not the only reason they they do what they do. Yeah, I think it will be a little more complicated than if the Greens don't do anything, Rhaenyra's queen, and that's it. <laughs> like, which is... You dropped out for a sec. Ah. Never mind, it wasn't that important. <laughs> no! <laughs> I refuse. Oh, all right. Is doesn't want me to say it, I won't say it. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to cover? I mean, we've we've covered kind of the meat of the episode. And like we said kind of at the beginning, like there wasn't a lot that happened as far as moving the episode or the timeline forward here, I guess. But they I mean, did I a lot of that, a lot of work. I feel like, um, yeah, it was it was no. I mean, it was good. I'm, I'm saying it was good. It, when the episode was over, it felt like I'm like, wait, was that only? It felt like it was gone so quickly because I was so engaged. You know, um, it felt like a really short episode because I was like, wait, are we, like there's got to be more. We got to keep going. Um, it was shorter. That's true. Yeah, you're like so. uh, you're like Buzz, like asking uh, the guy, prospector. For more episodes of the Toy Story, <laughs> anybody? <laughs> yes, yes, we've all seen Toy Story two. Yes, that's <laughs> Story two. Stinky Pete. Stinky, Stinky Pete. Pete. Yes. There's gold in them. There it is. The one scene we didn't touch on was uh, Rainy talking with Rhaenyra. Excellent scene. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and she uses. Uh, Cersei's line, like word for word, right? Which has been in all the previews and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting yeah, how defeated she she seems to sound. Yeah, like she's... I'm being like, certainly from her final scene, I imagine her being like constantly defiant in her entirety of her life. But yeah, not the case. It's yeah, against, uh, against the patriarchy. It's it's kind of like well, obviously, like she's bitter and pissed, but it's all. It's like, like her only way of grasping any power is by buying into the patriarchy. It's like, well, this misogyny is against me. My only choice to wield it back, essentially, and just like accept it and also wield it against other women. Like, definitely, like I feel like deep down she doesn't like she doesn't want it to be true, but she's like, well, if I can't have it, fuck all these other women that want it. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised how. How much teeth there 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 were in that in that scene? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty pretty nasty of a conversation. I was not expecting it, but at the same time, it felt very real to like a to like an aunt and a and a niece kind of talking who have like yeah. between them. 
Yeah, I guess because, like, in my head, I see her as, like, one of her strongest allies in Dragon Riders kind of later on. Um, yeah, which I don't think this really gets in the way of that. But like, I just, I just I didn't, I didn't expect it. it. You know, I expected maybe she was more contented with the way things had been. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely say, like, she's still, she's still a warrior at heart. But, like, yeah. she also, like, she also, like, knew, like, deep in her core that the realm will burn for this. And she's right. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. interesting because what she's trying to tell Rhaenyra is not, this is going to be hard. It's not, you have to be prepared. It's, this is not going to happen. And, like, that was a, an interesting, harsh angle on the conversation that I, I don't think Rhaenyra was expecting yeah. at all. Because, well, I mean, I guess, and from her point of view, it may, it may not even be that callous, but it's like, if it couldn't happen for her, considering that she was already, you know, accomplished and, um, you know, it could have, she could have easily been queen, right? But Jaharis is like, nope. So. Yeah. If you're being yeah. charitable, you could say it's a form of tough love. Like, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Well, she says, you know, no if she were older, they'd be they'd be sharing a glass of wine or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> but not appropriate. Uh, she was drinking wine with Viserys. Yeah. I did like the scene of um, Corlys, uh, Rhaenys, and, and, and uh, Viserys. Oh, no. no, 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 no. Corlys, Rhaenys, and, and Viserys meeting to like talk about stuff. I thought I thought it was a good scene to show that like Viserys will go out of his way to like fix things with his people, and it shows more of that like personal charisma that he does have. Like he's good at talking to people. Yeah, his uh, his conversation with Dame at the end too, with the the strength of his own backline was was excellent. Big agree. Yeah, I would I would give uh, like MVP of the episode probably to Corliss. He did a lot of he did a lot of uh, a lot of heavy lifting in this episode. Yeah, he's but the one who's being it, fucked over. I mean, like nobody cares that the shipping lanes are being screwed with. I sympathize. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. On and that it, line, it, uh, I don't know. A lot of stuff doesn't make sense in this episode. Like in that, I don't know. The series is the series. So yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of the CGI crabs devouring <laughs> Westerosi Westerosi sailors. I don't know that <laughs> stuff. Like they kept cutting to it. I thought it was it was it was well done, like building of tension and setting an ominous mood for crab feeder guy. Yeah, we didn't really uh, touch on that too much. Like, what was was that a mask or like? It's a mask. Grayscale or <laughs> it looked like it was just like the person's head. So. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. find out. I think next episode probably. I mean, are they are they playing that up to be like a big, a big bad, and then like you know? No, it's just gonna be. It's just gonna be a. I mean, it's it's gonna be one of like it's like the main battle of the season almost. Um, like large, you know, in terms of scale, because um, there's not going to be too much fighting in the pre civil war, so that's going to be the the fun action piece. Right, actually getting to see some dragons, dragons at work, yep. and yeah, because we're not going to really have much else for that. Although there might, I'm hoping, you know, after the time skip and when we get kind of like, you know, the dragon riders at peace and stuff, we get more of, um, 
I don't know, not necessarily them sparring or anything, but them kind of showing off, you know? So, we'll see. I'd, I'd like to see, um, I wonder if we'll see Lenor in, in the war uh, with Corlys and, and Damon. So I thought I saw him in one of the scenes in the uh, preview, like behind them. Looked like his in-between actor. Mm-hmm. What do you guys, sorry, just like that, that reminded me, what do you guys make of uh, their choice to have Vagar be basically feral? Like it's living somewhere off of, out of their control. Does he, does he have a rider at this point? I don't well, think so. Nope. Is I mean, in, in the books. Uh, yeah. so. She becomes his rider, but they make it sound like, like right. they don't even... Unclaimed, just doing whatever. All I can think of is they're setting they're setting something up, like maybe Lena's gonna be like the most amazing twelve year old ever and like jump on I, I don't know, maybe something not as stupid as that, but like It could enamor that could be I mean what because she and Damon have to get married and have their kids, but it could be like the thing that enamors him of her that she 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 best she gets Vagar, like She's spirited and wild, and I don't know. Like a lot of like Lena and Lena, they have to fucking die by the end of the season, right? <laughs> like it's I don't know. Like they kind of have to speed run some of the relationships. A little bit, yeah. That's yeah, I wonder. I that's that's her. actually because Lena might be in the war too if she's running around with Vagar, and that's how they speed run that development between them. Mm-hmm. Damn, I can't pay attention. For like five <laughs> seconds to one person. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see like Damon and Corliss have this adventure in the Stepstones, and then Damon's like, "Well, my brother wouldn't marry your daughter. Give her to me." And then he's like, "Okay." Yeah, I bet that does come out of this. Yeah, I think it does help if if they're involved in the war as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, I they can play it as a lot of like, okay, look, Viserys, we're uh, we're just strengthening that alliance. You know? I was hoping we get a new dragon this episode, but no, we still just have Syrax and Caraxes. Where we're getting a total of nine this season, so nine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Also. Do we wanna- Go ahead. No, no gratuitous nudity, nudity this episode. That's Boo. Yeah, right. What am I paying for, uh, HBO? Oh, wait a second. What? I'm going to have to go rewind and check. <laughs> I think at some point we're going like, <clears> to <throat> cut forward like a time skip or something, and like an episode's going to open or a scene's going to open, and there's just going to be like five new dragons there. You know, and like, what's. Ooh, yeah. And then we'll have at exposition explaining all of their names and who's writing them, you know, very uncomfortably. Um, so we're going to yeah. get Cyrix, Caraxes, Vagar, and then Sea Smoke. Please. Melly's the Red Queen. Melly's the Red Queen. Melly's, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I guess the green kids. Um, Sunfire. Sunfire. Maybe Dreamfire because she already got mentioned. I feel like we've got to see Dreamfire. Yeah, that's Elena. 
And then Tessarian. And then he, one more. Um, Daron. I feel like That's... you could shunt him, you could shunt Tessarian to season two, in my mind. It might be, it might be, um, Jace's dragon instead, uh... Vermax? Or is it Eric's? Kevin, he knows all the dragons, like, by heart. <laughs> Lucerus is riding Arax. That's what I was wondering. I was like, who is Lucerius dragon? I couldn't remember. Yeah. He won't last long. He won't last long. Um, might be Cannibal or, or one yeah. of the other wild dragons to set them up early. Thief well, Stealer! Like, yeah, yeah, I think we talked about this on the, on the Discord that there was a shot from one of the previews of a dragon, like, coming up over a hill with a bunch of sheep. So I assume that we'll at least see Sheep Stealer, like, or, like, they'll make mention of the wild dragons um, at some point, but not necessarily be ridden or, or you know, focused on. Sheep Stealer's just a hungry boy. Just like Caraxes yeah. is a long neck boy. His, <laughs> le- his neck seemed <laughs> twice as long this episode. I don't know if it was just me. <laughs> When he when when he came up onto that uh, rock and like was falling over it, I was like, "Damn, he is long." <laughs> yeah, the hell really long like, tail too. Yeah, I really like the look of him, honestly. Yeah, I'm about to say if anyone has played Undertale, it's just that it's that battle with the dog where his just head just keeps getting longer and longer <laughs> throughout the the entire thing as you like pet him more. <laughs> It so might be. Well, the dragon, dragons grow bigger in the wild, right? But th- these the dragons are smart, man. It's like they seem to show up at the right moment. It's crazy. Um, you didn't have to whistle or do anything. Who can know the heart of a dragon? That's right. They understand dramatic timing. Yeah. Danny's dragon is not as smart, but... I do hope they continue the trend of making them all look different, though. That is kind of cool. I've seen Vagar, and I mean, in one of the trailers, and he looks different. Yeah, he looks old and haggard and scary. I think they said some of them were going to have beards, and they were going to be, yeah, they're going to be doing stuff to kind of. Talked about there's going to be a change of dragon. (laughs) I mean, I got was it was last uh, last episode where we got Balerian skull, right? I mean, that thing is. Freaking monstrous. But it's interesting, like when we when we went to Dragonstone and you see him there at the table and um it was like, Oh yeah, we had that set. They just kept that set from like season seven or whatever it was, um, when Danny was there. But some of the stuff like like, oh no, that's new. Like they they, they redid the whole thing. Like it looked uh, great. Oh yeah, no, it it did look great. But the um I'm trying to think the the Iron Throne like that whole room is new, right? It hardly looks the same. Yeah. I mean, the throne itself—they've got all the extra swords and stuff up there. And I guess you know you could just kind of say that Robert got got rid of a lot of that shit because he wasn't all about it. But it looks grander, right? To the side on the left, there's like the gallery that was also there in Game of Thrones. So I'm wondering if it was the same base model. They just sort of touched it up. Because like, that's that's like where Sansa was when, um, like, well, Joffrey would be like condemning her dad and stuff, right? Like, yeah, that's where the important people got to stand. Yeah. 
And also, uh, the Sept seems kind of huge, you know, or is that supposed to be the Dragon Pit? We were, we were discussing this. Where they were praying? <laughs> well, when, um, is, before he think... comes out and announces his marriage, he's like, you know, Viserys is looking out over King's Landing. And that uh... shot from, like, Game of Thrones, I think was like, you know, Tommen looking down at the Sept of Baelor, which hasn't been built yet. And I'm like, that's, I think, where it would be. It's huge. The dragon pit's also supposed to be huge, but then in Game of Thrones, the dragon pit seemed like it was like outside the city walls and it was like a ruin. So, I don't it's know. On, it's on Visenya's high hill, I think. Like the three, like the city is built on three hills, so it's it should be within the city. The red keeps on Aegon's high hill. Yes. Yeah, and, and I, so I feel like that's that's sort of the Achilles heel of the Targaryens. Anyway, is that the like, dragons are such a big deal, but having to go across the city to get your dragon rider to the dragon um, yeah. is always a problem. That's why they have so. these dragon guys who only speak in High Valyrian, which is a neat addition. Jaehaerys <laughs> like should have... It... No, I was just going to say, it's like it, it, it just emphasizes that they're, like, they're this very uh, like formalized, like orthodox monastic order. Like they have like a current... Like, just very rigid customs of like even to the king we speak Valerian. Or it just might be that like you don't want everyone else knowing about your dragon business, so you only speak Valerian, which most people are not gonna know. Yeah. It feels it feels almost like I mean I probably it's probably not practical, but I was just like I said, just going over the princess and the queen again, it was like they would keep a dragon rider at the pit in case someone needed to be called for emergencies, like I guess in time of war and sometimes there would be a dragon up at up at the red keep, you know, that someone could hop on. Um, as long as it was your dragon, don't make that mistake of hopping on someone else's dragon. But it almost feels like the Targaryens should have just stayed on Dragonstone or kind of like slept somewhere where, you know, the dragons can be free and accessible. And, you know, when you have a dragon, how long does it take to fly to work? You know, um, you can get in and out of the keep pretty quickly. Like the dragon pit, I guess, because they had so many dragons, which is the problem that we're going to run into, you know, that eventually kind of starts to take them down but you know i don't know there's no room you know at the red keep because it's right on the cliff there so and a lot you can do dragons and dragon uh hatcheries in dragonstone which i thought was interesting but that might just be so that they could report that daemon had stolen the egg Hmm. yeah that is a change because the eggs are supposed to be on Dragonstone, which would make like him taking Dragonstone like a, a national crisis. <laughs> like he has <laughs> right. he, he has the eggs in the hatchery, but yeah, he's I, sitting I, on our stockpile of nuclear weapons. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I guess it does make sense that that they have eggs there because, like, you know, they're hatching them. Yeah, eggs seem kind of plentiful at this point. Um, later on, when we get to the time of you know, Game of Thrones and all that. I mean, there's eggs still exist, but they just, you know, stopped being able to hatch them for whatever reason. We may never find that out. But I did like, like one cool bit was like when she gets the egg back and hands it to them and they have this like little, you know, uh, like little like mobile kiln or whatever it is, you know, just put it in there, keep it warm, you know? I was like, I don't know. Little, it's like little stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that fits. That looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> Feels Game real in universe. Like, yeah. I mean, but I'm like, are they trying to hatch it now? Should it be getting hot? I don't know. Whatever. It just looks like it's something that fits. So. That is yeah, the, 
keeping them viable is you keep them warm. Yeah. Septon Barth says this at some point, I think. Do we credit Septon Barth? Does he really know anything? Uh, are you trying to troll me? Um... I don't <laughs> I think the last I time you literally said, Septon Barth said it, so you know it's true. So... <laughs> Yeah, like the, the the magic and the mechanics of like getting dragon eggs to, to hatch is very confusing. But hey, he's a non-Valerian. What would he know about it? <laughs> is he the one who like who posited that the dragons were hermaphroditic and Gildane was like, "That's bullshit. That can't be real." Yes, he was. Think so, yeah. Yeah. So I guess he is the lore master that we should listen to. And he Him also and the the fire the fireworms uh, were bred with the wyverns, and that's where the dragons really come from. But that's not that, really here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's less interesting to me. <laughs> like I don't need to know where the dragons came from, but I do need to know the mechanics of getting a dragon egg to hatch. For you know personal reasons. Exactly, just in case. I just you I know, don't case, have any in case one doesn't want to burn Summerhall down later on. Just you know, um, you know, asking for I a did friend. not smuggle a dragon egg into this country. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. Uh, things we're looking forward to next week. What do you guys? What do you guys want to say? In the I was preview, surprised it's baby uh, time already. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Michael. Rhaenyra, like, gets on the horse and, like, runs off into the forest, and then something dramatic in the forest is going to happen, and I have no idea what that what that is, but that's interesting. I wonder hmm. if it's Kristen Cole that saves her. Um, that's um, a little hound Sansa action, sure. Oh, like if they really flip the Kristen Cole angle, man. Well, <laughs> they have to. They have to like noted good guy Kristen Cole, <laughs> winner and good guy, an all around war war veteran. Um. Not at all an incel. <laughs> His entry in the White Book is very distinguished already. <laughs> oh man, I want I want at least like a five minute scene between Rhaenyra and Allison. Like that's that is the thing I am looking forward to most. Oh, yeah, he, wait. He's he's Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, right? When when all this goes down, eventually. Yes. But I mean, that's not, like he he's already the Lord Commander at that point, isn't he? Right, but that's in the future. Like that's past, you know, ten, the, fifteen years down the road. No, no, I know. That's I was just trying to remember um, what happens to uh, uh, Graham McTavish's character, um, Harold yeah, Westerland. I think it's just old age, the same way Ryan went out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that fucking hmm. Ryan Redrine who, who yeah. bites it? Yeah, yeah. he's the because he was the commander at the beginning. Yeah, he showed up in a couple of scenes behind Viserys, um, up until that point. Do you think they're going to do the, the the twin Kingsguard guys? Yeah, I was about to say they've been cast. Yeah, Sir oh. Eric and Sir Eric are twins, but. Jason and Tyland are not. Right, that's, that's being... Yeah, well, they're being played by the same guy. Yes. And 
And then the, yeah, Eric and Arik are obviously have to be two different people. They need to, like, physically interact in ways. Right, yeah, if they need to fight, so it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think yeah, they're I'm actually going to be, like, the casting. are they going to be characters, or are they just going to be, like, guys who stand in the background? I hope they're characters. I do hope they're characters, but we'll see. I do, like, shout out to that one Kingsguard guy on the bridge when they were having their little uh, confrontation. Like, Otto Hightower said something stupid and aggressive, and that Kingsguard guy got a shot where he grimaced. <laughs> he was like, oh, <laughs> like let yeah, me finish was... a beer. <laughs> <laughs> that was Grim, because yeah, I think it was Grim McTavish and, and Kristen Cole who were the two Kingsguard on that bridge, so yeah. Sir Crispin. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, classic Damon. <laughs> you petty asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I did like Sir Crispin's retort. That was good, too. Sir Crispin. <laughs> Sir Crispy. I'm going to call him from now on. Okay. Yeah, Close I'm not out. seeing anything too interesting with, uh, with like, confirmed casting that makes me, like, want to jump at any of these people. Um, a lot of them are people I've never heard of. So. All right. Ah. We'll find out. Maybe, you know, we'll see if some of these people launch their careers off of this or become, you know, better known names or, or you know, fade away like, uh, like certain others from Game of Thrones. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, you can join us next week uh, for the third episode, which, as we've already discussed, is called uh, Second of His Name. And so we should be getting Aegon, uh, probably baby Aegon and you know, all kinds of feelings and emotions will happen with that, and uh, probably a lot of plotting. So uh, we will see you then. Bye. 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 <laughs> I just want to note that even, I don't know if you can hear me because apparently my connection is terrible but um, you know how Rhaegar allegedly had two living sons named Aegon well, mm. <laughs> at least Viserys doesn't do that he doesn't name him Balon even though Balon is dead <laughs> So, dude if they did that ah. Oh. <laughs> they were like, we're gonna change his name from if they if the t- title was Balon the Second. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It would be a weird thing to do, I guess. When it comes to Targaryens, you have you know Visenya and you know Rhaegar. Like, there's a lot of similar names or the same names used over and again. And they're just gonna have to figure that out. Um, I'm shocked that they didn't change Rainies's name. It's like you I have Rainier, that's what I was just thinking. yeah, and Rainies, and it's like it could have been so easy just to give her a different name. But I'm kind of, I kind of respect that they don't.
JC yeah, Targaryen. Like, just claps all around. Um, I was going to say, the guy who plays uh, Tyland was... Uh, Sir, was He's not Servardus. It's... Um, it's a Hue of the Veil. It's a Hue of the Veil. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'd, I'd seen that. Yeah. So we are getting someone from Game of Thrones coming back. <laughs> who is Sir Hue of the Veil? Oh, interesting. The guy that the mountain kills. Oh, <laughs> now in within Game of Squires, Thrones, right? There were yeah. a few people within Game of Thrones that were like minor characters and were killed off or just never showed up. That showed up later in a more significant role. Um, I mean, a, a lot of extras, obviously, but yeah, we're gonna get the Cheese Boy who serves the cheese to the Queen of Thorns. That's my <laughs> favorite extra. <laughs> I Will he be that Harry Lloyd isn't coming back. I, I, I. He'd be- Perfect. I thought that would have been perfect for someone. Yeah. I don't know who. That's another Targaryen. Targaryen cousin or something. Or <laughs> a f- a flashbacks. Wasn't did did he? Um, who was it that they had in like the final season of Game of Thrones that had to play a flashback? Didn't they bring him back for something? No, they, it's just that they they essentially use the same wig, so it looked. Oh like my him. god, I forgot. There's about that. his wig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I had blocked that out. Thank you. No, it, was just some random dude. it was just some random dude playing Rhaegar. Yeah, not my Rhaegar. That's like a um, sad sentence. That makes me sad. <laughs> Rhaegar is like the most important way. person in like, the story, basically. Oh. He's, he's, wearing a ra- he's wearing a Viserys suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uncomfortable. All right.